Hello and good evening, everyone. This is Kevin Finkel here with our ninth episode. Hold on. <laughs> nope. Back in you I, up. For a, <laughs> I opened up your uh, your tenth one. <laughs> I opened up your ninth episode here. Shouldn't be doing that. Okay. Let me try that again. <laughs> All right, hello and good evening, everyone. This is Kevin Finkel here with our 10th episode of Magic the Final Frontier, episode 10, guys. So on this podcast, we discuss the Frontier format, keeping our listeners up to date with what is new, powerful, and interesting in the world of Frontier. And I am Matt Murday, a magic nerd and Frontier fanatic. Hey, everyone. I'm Kevin Handlin. I host the Untap Open League, and I'm a Frontier grinder as well. And we are really glad to have you back. How was the tour, Kevin? It was fantastic. Uh, we made so many valuable connections. I've, I posted about this all over Facebook, but I don't know if you guys knew about it. When we played our Oakland show, we got to play with two bands that I've been listening with, listening to since high school. And I, I was incredibly flattered because they're all incredibly interested in our work. And not only that, but a band that I've been listening to even longer had two members show up and attend that show, and they had nothing but compliments to say about us. So everything just kind of makes sense in my life right now, and it's, yeah, the, the tour was wonderful in that regard. Yeah, guys, follow Kevin on Twitter. He's a rock star. Yeah, my band's name is Dreadnought, if you guys haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, we've been trying to shout out for it every week. So, well, we're only going to have Kevin for a little bit of today's show. He's running off to do a little bit of hosting, actually playing in our top eight. But we also have a very special guest here tonight. We have uh, Benny coming up to us from Toronto. Benny, want to introduce yourself? Uh, hey, guys. Uh, I'm Benny. Uh, just disclaimer, uh, I work at ANC. And I think next, yeah, next week we are going to be hosting uh, Frontier 1K. Awesome. And ANC is an LGS, right? Just to clarify. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Unconscious Pedina in Toronto. Yeah, and that's ANC Games uh, is the full name for those who may not know. Yeah, so we're really excited to have you here. We want to, you know, have any kind of connection we have with the Frontier community. We're very glad you guys picked up Frontier and that you're going to be kind of the hub for the Frontier Toronto metagame. I mean, that's going to be pretty big. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, we had, a, we had like, really good turnouts at before when I went, and now that they're not hosting Frontier anymore, I'm hoping that we get a lot of people from Frontier at our at, at our store. And and while we're just getting started here, I want to point out that uh, Benny is actually the guy to thank for ANC running Frontier at all. Without him, we we wouldn't have it. So thanks, Benny, and uh, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, guys. All right, so while we were already on it, we were starting to talk about, I mean, you guys are going to be the Frontier metagame. It's what a lot of people are looking for when they look about Frontier online. They try and think, hmm, what is Toronto doing? They're usually at the head of the game there. So what do you think about the Frontier metagame right now? We want to hear some of your thoughts on it, really, right in the center there. Uh, I think right now, uh, aggro is the way to go in the Toronto meta, I think. Uh, it's probably the most, most safest way to play if you're playing a competitive environment. Uh, I think control is pretty hard right now because there's just so many things to deal with and it's hard to uh, have the right answers at the right time. And combo is combo. You just If you get a turn for a win, you get a turn for a win. And there's not a lot of ways you can deal with it, in, at least in game one. So really, you, you actually think control isn't strong in the Frontier meta right now? Uh, I think it's strong. It's just uh, very hard to play. 
I guess there's a lot of paths to victory that uh, aggro decks don't have to worry about. It's like, you mean difficult in terms of skill intensive, then, not necessarily in terms of of uh, luck, right? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, I, I agree with that, actually. That makes a lot of sense to me. I think unless you're like Simon Tibelu, who basically targets every Frontier Shutdown with a control deck, it's very difficult to play. <laughs> I do think in terms of like max potential, though, I think I think there's some really strong control decks that could that could show up for this thing. So, yeah, I think control gets uh, what's it called search for his Kanta and Rascal Contempt it for Frontier now, which makes them a lot better than before. Because I think control is missing a card like Hero's Downfall, and we got it with Rascal's Contempt, which really helps us against Planeswalkers, whereas we, it was kind of hard to deal with them before if they resolved. The big thing about Rasta's Contempt, and I've said this before, is that on its own, it's kind of a mech card. Like, 4-man is an awful lot for what it does. But the big thing is that the Gear Hulk uh, Dig Through Time Dance is just so strong. And being able to get to that, right? So like, you don't just automatically lose to Gideon anymore, which is what used to happen if, you, if your opponent resolved Gideon. Uh, yes. So being able to actually get to that end game, which I think is probably the strongest end game in the format, is pretty important. Yeah, you can also get it back with Jace too, like uh, Baby Jace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So something that you mentioned at the beginning there is you were saying that there's a lot of def- different decks you have to answer, and that's what makes control difficult right now. And I can definitely see that is that if the meta's less fixed, then it's harder to pick the right answers. It's hard to have the right cards in your 75 to answer that as a control deck. Do you see that a lot in front in a Toronto Frontier? Do you see a lot of kind of the wild brews that you need something way out there to answer? Something like the Bant Starfield decks, the Rally of the Ancestors decks, that you you kind of need certain cards to attack them? Uh, I haven't seen too many like crazy brews. I think the most is probably Black Green Scales, which is sometimes it can get pretty difficult to deal with as a control deck because they just go wide and their creatures get so big so quickly. Uh, for the Bant Starfield, I haven't seen it yet. I've seen it maybe like once, but that was like a couple months ago. And yeah, that's about it, I think. I think Bant Starfield actually really suffers into counterspells. Mm-hmm. Because the Starfield itself costs, it's five mana, right? Yeah, it's five. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and if you don't resolve the Starfield, your deck kind of does nothing, so... Yeah, I was just trying to give an example of some of those cards that you, you really need a specific answer. Yeah, we've seen a few a few decks, but I don't think it's... I think the Toronto meta is fairly predictable. I think we'll get to that as we go through our top five or top ten here. Okay. Uh, the big thing is, I think I think this tournament's going to be a little less predictable than we're kind of used to in Toronto. Hmm. Uh, for one, because we're seeing Frontier move to a different game store. So we're probably pulling in new people uh, from that game store, right? So we're going to see people porting their standard decks, kind of experiencing the format for the first time. And I think we're, we're kind of uh, coming out of a slowdown in Toronto. So I don't think we're going to see quite as much high-level competition with this tournament uh, as, as we're used to seeing out of, out of the Toronto scene. But I, I think that's kind of something for the future, like something that, uh, that we will see kind of build up at this new store. Uh, but for now, it's just about getting uh, you know, the community and, and, and building the scene at uh, A&C as opposed to Face. Well, I'll be abated to see any kind of frontier played, but I think that I'm agreeing with your point there is that if it is a little bit shakier, that's kind of a reason to run aggro rather than something like control. That They always say at the beginning of a new meta, you run aggro because people are going to be trying all these crazy new things, but playing a red one drop always works out. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think probably yeah, aggro is probably the safest to go. In a competitive environment, I would lean towards aggro or maybe mid-range, but control is very... Uh, I would probably stay away from control if unless you know what uh, everyone else is playing. Yeah, so why don't we dive right into our top 10 decks to watch out for at this at this tournament. Whew. All right. I know Benny prepared a, a hefty list, so <laughs> Benny, what do you say? What's your number 10 pick? Uh, number, uh, number 10, uh, Black Green Scales. I think we've talked about <clears throat> how that's been a popular deck in Toronto, and one we haven't seen quite as much as a, an online player myself, a uh, Chicago player myself, I don't see it as much, but that's a sweet deck. And it's great against those aggro lists we're talking about. Uh, Avatar of the Resolute is a house. Oh man, yeah. Just the ability to go so big so fast. Like, you'll be facing down, like, you know, a couple of medium sized creatures one turn, and the next turn they drop Nissa, and all of a sudden they're all like seven sevens, and there's just, you have no way to deal with the, the, it's like 40 power hits the board all in one turn. That's crazy. No one expects reach from Avatar to Resolute or Trample, so that just wins games on its own as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. so many keywords. All right, so that's your number 10. That's one probably we're expected on. That I don't disagree with you there. I think, uh, but let's hear what Benny all has to say on his kind of top 10, and I'm just going to jump in with like, oh, I think that deck's missing from there. I don't know if you also wanted to throw some of your own opinions there, Matt. Yeah, so I guess I guess the big thing is, how do you fight black-green scales? What's your, what's your, how are you, how are we preparing to fight black-green scales? Uh, for scales, I think you really need to uh, focus on at least post board. You should bring in uh, non damage removal because mm-hmm. there are things that are going to get so big that your roast, even your roast, isn't going to do it. You're going to need like wraths, so, like fumigate and settle wreckage, or even uh, and like wraths content just so you can exile uh, exile the creatures instead of doing direct damage. Yeah, I tend yeah. to think the one-for-one removal does very well against the black-green scales kind of deck. You just, you fatal push everything, you Vraska's Contempt everything, and then they've got a bunch of kind of nothing cards. Vraska's Contempt is such a high-curve card into black-green scales is kind of my problem with it. Like, there's never a situation where you're ahead on mana, ever, fighting black-green scales with Vraska's Contempt. I think you just load up on like cheap, efficient removal, and you just you want to one for one them, and then eventually they just run out of cards, right? Because they're all synergy-driven cards that kind of they need all these cards to work together to achieve their win condition, right? So when you're picking them off one by one, they just they don't have that critical mass that they need to hit. So something like Jund with Fatal Push, Murderous Cut, Colagon's Command that just is really hard for them to fight through. Yeah, I think I think Control is probably their hardest matchup. Mm-hmm. I think walk the plank my season play against them because that just straight straight up destroys creatures instead of dealing damage. Man, walk the plank is so good, and I don't <laughs> understand why we haven't seen more people play it. Like it just it's one of those under the radar cards. It's like just two mana kill anything basically. Sorcery speed really hurts though. It does. It would be nice if it was if it was an instant, right? You know where it doesn't hurt? I've walked the plank an Emrakul, and that feels great. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that makes sense flavor wise, but it feels great when you do it. Uh, Emrakul is heavy, man. There's no way that thing's floating. <laughs> it floats naturally, though, doesn't it? Maybe, I don't know. You're ruining my joke, Benny. You're, we're thinking about it too much now. All right, why don't we move on to number nine, what you're thinking? Uh, number nine, I'd say Rally the Ancestors. Ooh, probably all like right. the- I was going to ask if you think it's on your list there, so I'm excited to hear you say that. Yeah, it's like the... I think it's... Well, it was probably the first combo deck to come out of Frontier. 
It's also the mo- probably the most annoying to play against. I'm not sure. Like the thing about this is, we've almost had like a gentleman's agreement in in Toronto not to play rally. I agree. Like, it, just, it just takes so much time to play. Like either yeah. when you're either when you're playing against it or if you're playing it yourself, there's just so much math involved that people just really hate to play against it because you often go to time. I think it's just people slip up. They don't bring their artif- or their graveyard hate that they need. They don't bring their exile effects that they need, and then it does really well. We saw that in Japan just recently. It's a very good deck. It's just if people aren't used to playing it or they haven't played it before or played it for a while, it just takes too long to play. Oh, yeah. You need to be an experienced pilot for sure. And I also just think it's uh, it's not the strongest combo deck. I think it's a solid tier two, but it's not like, uh, you know, Sahili combo was a few months ago where it was just it was just the best deck in the format. You can mm-hmm. always play Rally. It's always strong. It's a great deck. But it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be like a, a sweep just because your rally, you know. It requires a lot of setup too, right? Yeah. Instead of like Sahili where you can just win on turn four, but rally you have to set up your graveyard and you have to resolve a rally ancestors for it to work. Yeah, and then they have all these little roadblocks they can they can put in for you like uh, Kalidas, Hushwing Griff, those kind of things. It also really sucks that because you're a Coco deck, you have a really hard time getting that spot removal that you need outside of like reflector mage right so all your spot mm-hmm. removal tends to be um creature based right so it's enter the battlefield which again turned off by hushwing griff right well yeah. uh, i think pre-board they just, they just don't run any removal at all yeah yeah and that's tough i think that definitely one of the things holding them back previously was the sahili decks is that that it's you can't be just not playing removal against sahili or you're in trouble yeah and i think i think the plan of boarding out your combo and just going for the value beatdown so you don't get hated out i don't think it works as well in frontier for rally just because that kind of backup plan is a lot worse than just other decks main plan right so like you're not going to out aggro an aggro deck you're not going to out mid-range a mid-range deck doing that it's an okay strategy and it can work but it's not it's not the same power level it was in standard we're just those were the best creatures in the format, right? And that's why you were playing them to begin with. It just becomes a worse value deck than uh, what's it called Sahili, which yeah. Sahili is just the mid range mid range deck with a combo involved. And if you take out the combo, their mid range game is just so good anyway that they can just be rally the ancestors. Yeah. All right. So then I'm expecting to see Sahili Sahili somewhere on your list then, Benny. But uh, why don't you tell us what your number seven is? Uh, number eight, actually. Oh, yes, number eight. I can count most days. Uh, number eight, I have Bant Humans. All right, you're not missing any that I was going to ask if you had it on the list, so you're, you're doing great so far. I'm, I'm agreeing with you 100%. I might even have moved up Bant Humans and Rally further up, but that, that's with my meta. I kind of I kind of wanted to put Bant Company as well, but I just think Humans is uh, a bit faster than company than the regular Company deck, which makes it a little bit better. Yeah, I think if you're going to show up with value company to this, you should probably be prepared to uh, sit out most of the tournament. Mostly because I'm expecting so much aggro, and aggro is just going to kill you fast. Yeah, it's kind of hard to resolve a turn four company. Yeah, yeah. So I think you, I think if you're going for that value game, you need to be in more of a controlly meta rather than this kind of unknown, probably aggro heavy meta. So yeah, things like tireless tracker probably not very good in Toronto right now. Yeah, not not when. You know, the rest of your deck is just all the value creatures too, right? You can have them maybe as like a 
you can have value cards, but if your whole deck is value cards, instead of like, you know, aggro cards or cards that are going to win you the game, right? You don't necessarily have the time to go long in Toronto right now. Okay, that could explain why it's not higher up in the list. Uh, do you have anything more to say about Bant Company, or do you want to move on? Uh, this thing, I think it's still a very good deck. It's almost like Mono White, just a little bit slower. But I think uh, it's probably not great to bring it to the uh, 1K, but I wouldn't fault people if they wanted to try Bant Humans, because it did a lot of work uh, when it was in Standard. So I, I am a little bit interested to see what you mean as far as aggro decks, because I think against the red aggro decks, they do pretty well. They gain a lot of life off of those uh, Glorybound Initiates and Dromoka's Command, especially those two cards together. You can gain you know 10 life on a swing while dealing 10, and that just blows red away. I think you're, what you're saying that from the point of view of some of the matchups maybe that have happened on UOL, but generally in Toronto, the red decks are just faster. Like you're not getting to Coco with against a, a Toronto tuned red deck. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, why don't we move on to number seven? Uh, number seven is Teamer Marvel. Uh, basically, try to set up a turn four Marvel with six energy and power out a Emrakul or Ulamog. So I'm actually not so sure we're going to see a lot of Teamer. I almost i I would be surprised if we saw any at all because I think it's kind of like. It kind of it kind of fits into the gentleman's agreement we've we've had of like, <laughs> well, hey, you're at a new store now. All bets are off. It's true, it's true. But I think there's also something to be said of, like in the past, Temer Marvel was big because it had just gotten banned. Right now, we've had some time has passed, and I'm just I'm not sure people are really still upset. Like, still want to play Marvel. I don't know how fun it is for either party, and I don't like people that didn't like just buy these cards and now they're like, oh, what do I do with these? You know, I think we're more likely to see a kind of a more more modern standard deck ported over. I think if people are going to play Emrakul deck, it's probably going to be a Delirium deck over Marvel, but you never know. Getting I kind of think turn, so too, yeah. Getting a turn four Emrakul is still hard to resist. Yeah, I, I, th- I think Turbo Emrakul is probably more likely, though, for sure. I agree with that. Okay, so kind of we're between maybe Marvel or maybe Turbo Emrakul, or I've also seen, you know, kind of the Sultai Marvel where they've got some of those those Ishkanan things, and then they go up to the Emrakul. And now, ten, ten, a top 10 is like a lot of decks for such an open format. So I think like starting right about here is where we're like we're pretty confident you're going to see these next lists, whereas I'm, I'm a little less confident that we're going to see the, lot, like the, the list we've t- covered so far. So uh, Yeah, I do think uh, we might see Rally just because there's always one Rally player. No matter where you go, there's always one player that plays Rally. Usually it's true, but we'll see. We'll see. So what's your number six? Uh, going to number six, uh, I have Ensoul Artifact. Uh, either Blue-Red or Grixis. I think the Grixis one might be a little bit better. Yeah, probably. So how do you beat this deck? What do you? How are you preparing for Ensoul Artifact? Uh, Coligan's Command is huge in this matchup. And oh, also, yeah. it's a huge beating. And uh, failing that, Jamoka's command is probably the next best thing because if they insult their Doxio Citadel, you're almost always going to lose. Uh, also, you have things like Rexage. Uh, I really like Rexage. You have Natural State too, but I think Rexage is probably your best green option. True. Yeah, Rexage is Rexage is almost a must have in uh, any deck that runs green in the sideboard. Just because there's so many artifacts that you want to destroy in Frontier. 
think it'll come back a little bit. I think that for a while there, when Sahili was way bigger, we saw more of the Manglehorn in that slot instead. Also three mana, also a two power creature. But that little bit of artifacts coming into tapped, stopping Sahili combo, was something that made it a little bit favorable to the ability to remove an enchantment. I think like what I found was that people weren't using green to stop Sahili combo. They they would use other slots for that, you know. I think white or like black had a lot better options for stopping Sahili combo. White had Thalia and Authority of the Consuls too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or even like uh Rending Volley, right? Was a big one. Uh, uh Trespasser's sometimes. Curse. I've never seen anyone use Trespasser's Curse though. <laughs> really? I've seen it a few times. And it, it's I like it because it also kind of it helps it helps with their fair game plan too, right? So you basically you play it, and then you're like, all right, you know, use your value creatures on me now. You know, sure, reflector mage, I don't care. Hmm. So do you think trespassers curse is good enough to bring in in your aggro matchup something like Atarko Red? No, no, no. I think I'd rather play uh, Virulent Play because that does two things at once. That stops this Healy combo and beats a Tucker Red. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I forgot about Virulent Plague. It is Virulent so Plague is definitely, definitely... I'll never be upset about like having one of them in my board. I probably oh, yeah, don't want more than one, though. Well, I like the one... What we used to do in standards, you'd do like, the one Virulent Plague, the one of like Infinite Obliteration, and then you'd pull one of those Dark Petitions so you can kind of grab all of your extra sideboard cards as a second copy. Might be a little slow for Frontier, but... <laughs> I miss Seasons Past in Dark Petition, but I don't think it's it'll be good enough for Frontier yet. Uh, probably not. If you haven't gotten the... Uh, usually Matt's the one who's kind of grounded, and I'm the one who's brewing all these crazy ideas, all these uh, weird interactions that won't actually ever come up, but I'm still going to talk about them. All right, so what's your number five pick, Benny? Uh, number five is Just Sky Black. Hmm. So you, you were saying control's not that strong, and then you go out and throw out Just Sky Black as... Do you see it still as a like full control list, or are you talking a little bit with like Mantis Riders, Soulfire Grandmaster, some of those a little bit more mid-rangey options? Uh, I'm still gonna say it's a gonna stick to a control list. I don't, but they, I'm pretty sure it's not wrong to play Soulfire Grandmaster in your main board, just because it gives you a little bit of a hedge against aggro decks when you can, uh, I don't know, theory impulse something and still gain life off of it. I think I would have this slot as like just you know blue black X control. I don't know how much I'm sold on Jeskai Black being the specific control deck to beat, but but definitely I think control is is has gained enough in recent sets that I and it's blue black control is big and standard right now too. So uh, if we're seeing people port over their decks, definitely you have to watch out for that as a contender. I think I think Jeskai Black can be hard on the mana, and I think I think there's been enough. We've seen enough times how aggro decks can take advantage of those four-color greedy mana bases. I think just adding the white gives a lot more options though, because you still you get now you get settled with the wreckage, which just really helps against aggro decks. Whereas before you had to play a sorcery speed languish or even like radiant flames, which is sometimes hard to hard with your mana. Yeah, you know, I've been making a similar list for what I'm expecting to see in the UOL, which we're having new signups just in a in a week or so. And I've been kind of also saying, I'm expecting some of the people who are on blue-black to move into either like blue-black, red, or I can definitely see Just Guy Black. I can see some of them specifically who would really like that deck. So I might I see think, some of that. I don't think white brings enough to the table. I just, I don't see it. What, is it. what does white do better than, I mean, other than the instant speed board white, but 
Sorry. Get, uh, white gets white is basically the splash for Soulfire and Crackling Doom. Yeah, I don't know if I want Crackling Doom right now as control. I'd want it in aggro or in an aggro meta, so I can see that being a little suspect. I also think you had a really good point about people porting over their decks. I think the Jeskai Black deck takes a lot more additions, things like all of the fetch lands, the Jaces, probably more than Search for Ascanto, because you've already got two drops, so it's not as incentivized to not be playing any creatures that hit with Fatal Push. It is probably the most expensive deck in Frontier. Yeah, it is. And as much as I do like the Soulfire Grandmaster to hedge against aggro, I feel like you're almost taking as much damage from your fetch lands. Like, what what happens when they bring in um, Harsh Mentor? I feel like you just die. Well, you just hold up mana, right? For like, well, even if you have like Fatal Push, you just kill it before you, or you fetch first and then you kill it. I mean, yeah, but I mean, how many Fatal Pushes do you have, right? Well, in Just Guy Black, you can run the fiery impulses, and then you'll get the life off of them from Soulfire Grandmaster. There's I'm some all... excuses there, but it's a I'm a lot hotter on just, like, Grixis control. Just, like, you know, do what you want to do. Um, be, be focused. I think I think you're trying to make it too fancy by going Jeskai Black. But, I mean, yeah, you could you could see Jeskai Black. Jeskai Black's not a bad deck. So how do you fight Jeskai Black? What are your cards that you're bringing in? Uh, definitely, I think Planeswalkers is pretty big. I think Gideon used to be one of the biggest ways to beat Jeskai Black. Uh, I think... If you're a control deck playing the mirror, uh, Sphinx of the Final Word is huge. And you also want to, if you're playing black, you want to bring in some hand disruption, like uh, Duress, Kaiseo Freebooter, uh, Lost Legacy. Okay, take care of their kind of their most important cards, something like take a dig out of their hand, and then they're just, you know, they're one for one in you, and you're going to end up putting damage on them. Yeah, I think Kaiser Freebooter is going to be a underrated card in Frontier. It's basically a flying brain maggot, which is already playable in Frontier. I mean, in Modern. See, every time I try to use Kaiser Freebooter, I'm like, well, it just it just dies, and then it didn't two for one or anything. You know, it doesn't. It it gets pushed or whatever, and then whatever you took from them, they just get back. And I don't know. It, like my gut tells me it's good, but I just every time I try to play it, I find it's just it just gets killed. But they're using their removal spell to kill your freebooter instead of another creature, right? Sure, I mean, you're not wrong about it, but I find removal is, is, is fairly plentiful in Frontier. I'm, I'm usually not like, yes, you know, I, I use that as a lightning rod. I think I'd agree there. I think that it's decent in some of those tempo decks, kind of the company decks, but it, it's hard to find a good place for it. I definitely like it in the sideboard of Rally, which it's looked good there. I mean, it has to be good, but I just... I. I have so much trouble finding that spot for it. All right, why don't we go ahead and look at number four coming from you from Benny. Uh, number four is Four Color Sahili, everyone's favorite turn four wind deck. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about this. I think we kind of talked about it already, too, with the sideboard hate you can bring in. Uh, with, like, shoot, what was it called? Trespass? Trespassers Trespass Curse. Trespassers Curse. Yeah, and, like... Uh, uh, well, I'm drawing a blank on all those cards we talked uh, about. Uh, the authority of the consoles. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, uh, I think Tony Cameron and Matt Mealing kind of called us out for uh, talking about Sahili too much, so we'll keep it short on Sahili, just for them. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot bring a Sorceress by glass against the two. Yeah, that's true. Walking Ballast is really good. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And Thalia, of course. So let's go to Benny's number three and my number one that you have to watch out for. Oh, see, I was actually going to quick run back down just just a, as a recap, let's go our, our 10 through 4 before we go to our top 3. I right, had uh, Green-Black Scales. We, so we said Green-Black Scales, Rally, Bant Company, 
kind of like Teamer Marvel or like Soltai Emrakul, somewhere between there. Just like another combo deck we're kind of looking at. In Soul Artifact, either Blue Red or Grixis at 6. Jeskai Black or some Blue Black Control at 5. Four Color Sahili at 4. And number 3. Uh, number 3 is Asen. So, oh, sorry. I would say like the first few decks we talked about, like uh, up to Temer Marvels, like uh, 7 through 10, those are decks you might see. Six through three or six through four is like decks you'll probably see or, or you you will you should prepare for because there's a good chance you're going to face them. Three through one, you will fight these decks. These decks will be there probably in multiple numbers. I'd agree with that. So it sounds like what we were calling out as number three is Abzan Agro. Yeah, Abzan Agro. And in particular, this is actually my number one pick because it's just it's a really popular deck in Toronto. Uh, Toronto people love Abzan. So, are, are we thinking the kind of on the vehicle side? Are you thinking that sort of just aggressive with Elvish Mystic? Do you know a particular kind of Abzan to expect? Or just anything with Cedrano in it? You're calling it Abzan. It's going to do some smashing. Uh, I think the aggro list with Elvish Mystic is probably the most popular, and you're probably going to see it the most. Just because getting a sometimes getting just a turn two Thaliate would just win a game on its own. Because of the prevalence of fetch lands, if you get a turn to Thalia, it can just wreck people's game plans so early. Yeah, so this is the kind of deck you're going to be running uh, Grim Flayers, Seed Rhinos, Gideons, uh, Smuggler's Copter, Warden of the First Tree. Like this kind of very standard uh, Abzan Aggro deck popularized by Matt Mealing and, and, you know, the kind of people who were playing Abzan Aggro near the beginning of the format. I don't know if Grim Flayers that great anymore, but you might see it. I think really? you would play Grim Flayer only if you're also playing Scrappy Scrounger in your deck. Whereas, I guess in my build, I don't play it because I think sometimes think uh, Scrappy Scrounger is a bit too much of a liability against uh, aggressive decks sometimes. And Grim Flayer isn't that great without uh, Scrappy Scrounger, I think. Maybe, yeah. I mean, the big thing about Abzan Aggro is just it doesn't have bad matchups. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, there's I think the only thing is maybe it's not as good against Jeskai Black because they have so much removal. But other than that, yeah, it doesn't have any bad matchups. Even Jeskai Black, like it's it's fast enough that it can. And like, what's Jeskai Black gonna do against turn one Mystic, turn two Thalia, turn three Gideon? That's it. That that's game over. Oh yeah, that's good. All right, and it also fights pretty well against the other aggro lists, which I get a feeling we're gonna see maybe one to two more aggro lists in this top three here. Uh, yep. All right, so let's move on to number two. Uh, number two is Mono White, or Mono White Humans. Alright, then I don't think it's a big secret what number one's going to be. If, I don't know if we want to talk about these two decks together. Just Guy Flyers, right? I want. I really want to make it, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Mono White, uh, I guess on the board, uh, like our number one deck that we will be talking about, it also gets a lot bigger than... It can get a lot bigger than, uh, I don't know, a Tarka Red, something like a Tarka Red. And is, in fact, a Tarka Red's hardest matchup, like, by a lot. Yeah. They're, your stuff just gets so much bigger that they can't really remove it. Yeah, and always watching lets you kill them while holding up blockers. Uh, you have a ton of first strikers, uh, which are really hard for a Tarka Red to attack into with their weenies. So it's just, there's, Mono White just kind of builds a small army, and what a Tarka Red just cannot attack profit, profitably into it. So uh, what's our way to beat Mono White Humans? Because it is a scary deck. Is it just uh, is the game plan just if you get to turn six, they instantly scoop? Uh, not necessarily, because they do have... Uh, they get a finisher like Archangel of Tides, 
which just goes over. And it kind of hurts you if you try to defend. The biggest way I would say to stop mono-white humans is board wipes. Even one is like really hard to recover from as mono-white. Okay, I can see that. That's definitely, they're the biggest go-wide deck, and they don't have anywhere near the reach that something like a darker red does. Exactly, exactly. There's there's very little reach. So like once you're done, like once you're, you've played your hand, that's it. You're not going to top deck a win. Not not usually, right? They don't get any ways to uh, get card advantage, whereas a Tucker Red, sometimes from, from the board, you can bring in Apple Siege or Chandra, whereas Mono White, you don't really get that uh, luxury. I mean, there's Gideon, but that slows you down by so much. It, it's, tough, it's difficult. So I actually uh, lent out my Mono White deck at one point, uh, one of these showdowns, and I was playing Control, and this guy... Like just, I saw him bring in Dust to Dawn versus like every matchup, and it was just like, it was incredible. He just like, he'd come back from the craziest situations, situations I've never seen mono. I was like, there's no way mono white's done here, and just all of a sudden he'd just wrath the board, grab like ten of his cards back, and be in the game again. And Oof. now, <laughs> now his opponent wouldn't have any way to stop him. Was he also running uh, Ketris Monument? Yeah, even versus Control, he'd bring it in, which uh, wouldn't have been what I would have thought. Because the front side's not very good there. But it, it's not that bad, though, because you basically use it to kill their Gearhawk, right? <coughs> sure, or, just as a one-for-one, one, it's probably fine there. Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. And then it's a one-sided board wipe, too, so maybe they were relying on this Gearhawk to actually block your creatures, right? A lot of the time. And, and now they can't. And now they have this incredible card advantage, uh basically out of their graveyard, so... Mono also gets a lot of wasted disruption. Yeah, I think Dustadon is like a really big card, and I think I think it's underplayed, for sure, in, in this kind of style of deck. Alright, so let, let's go number one. Benny, do you want to tell us once again why a Tarka Red is such a good deck? I have a Tarka Red slash Darker Tarka, because I think... Uh, Excellent. Okay, yeah. perfect. Driven, like, Driven to Despair is really good. I haven't tested it yet, but I think I've seen it get played, and it's just a huge boon for Dark Tarka. Being able to make your opponent discard and you draw cards is just so good. Yeah. Matt Meeling's Dark Tarka list, again, is probably, I think, the strongest aggro deck in the format. Whether or not we'll see actual Dark Tarka, I'm not sure because I know Matt Meeling's not playing it. And I don't know. Like I said, I think we're going to slow down a little bit. I don't know how well versed in the Frontier metagame a lot of the people coming to this tournament are going to be just yet. I think if anything, so if, we'll. If, Probably see a Tucker Red over Darker Tarka. I think so too. I think we'll, we'll we'll definitely see like I would say multiple versions of Red deck wins, whether that's a Tarka Red or Ramanop Red, or even some kind of weird blue red, uh, Fevered Vision style deck. Yeah, I was going to bring up those like Ramanop Red decks. We've seen quite a few of them, and I don't think anyone's given us. I mean, we've asked a couple different guests we've had on the podcast. We've asked the host here: Is anyone have a great reason why it might be better than a Tarka Red? If there's any specific matchups where you think it's better, no one really has anything. I mean, it, it does seem like an okay deck. It just seems like just a slightly worse a Tarka Red. Too often, I think. Ju- I just think just getting a Tarka's command in a Tarka Red just beats Ramanap Red. Is there anything in Ramen Up Red you like more than Atarka Red, Benny? Probably Hazard, but then again, your Atarka Red is more loaded ground than the current standard uh, Ramen Up Red. Yeah. And I mean, if Atarka Red wanted to run Hazard, it could, though. That's the thing, right? 
There's like the only thing that maybe a Tarka Red couldn't run is is the Ramanup Runes, because you know their their land base is is maybe a little more stretched between fetch lands and being two color or maybe even three color if you're Darka Tarka. You're not going to be able to run the Sunscorch Desert for your Ramanup Ruins. Yeah, that's for certain. I've seen maybe one to two of the Ramanup yeah. Ruins, but you're not going to get the Sunscorch to be able to use it like two or three times in a long game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, maybe Ramanup Red has that over over a Tarka Red, but is. Is that strong enough not to have a Tarka's command? I don't think so. I don't think, like, unlike standard, I think if you go to turn eight, turn nine, you're not just going to slowly wear them down with the ramen up ruins and the Hazard activations like you could in standard. Eventually, you know, the control decks, they turn the corner pretty quick. A deck like Sahili, if it's just grinding you out, it's going to turn the corner with a lethal swing. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So I guess uh, here's a question. So we've got our kind of top 10. We ran through those pretty quick. If the metagame actually does look like this, what do you think's favorite here? Is there a strong contender you think for the top one or maybe top two to four places? I would say mono white humans. Uh, I'm still going to go with Absent and Aggro just because it's actually Absent Aggro too. Yeah, it's I can't, got. I can't deny it that. Does, it's good against almost every deck here. I, I'd agree with that. I think that those are both. We've said a long time. You know, they're the aggro decks that beat other aggro decks. And kind of why I say Absent Aggro here is because I expect we're going to have like three times as many Absent Aggro as we are any other deck. <laughs> okay, so you guys are making a safe bet here. Yeah, I think yeah. just by the numbers. You're not betting on a red, white, black... Um, what what was that card that uh, that Tony wanted to play last week? Or that was two weeks ago now. The uh, Refurbished deck. Oh no! It didn't even run. Didn't even run refurbish. It was just the uh, bringing him back with um. It was a Liliana, Marty yeah. Reanimator, right? Marty Reanimator. Uh, I almost, w- I almost want to play Godfarrow's Gift over that instead. See, I think Godfarrow's Gift kind of fills that same slot that Rally does in that you've got this this game plan that's pretty fair, and then just it's combo that the control decks really can't beat. I'll tell you what's not going to win: vampires or dinosaurs. Because I'm taking that <laughs> melee. <laughs> All right. So Benny. Uh, Last thing before we uh, tie up here, what are you playing? Um, stuck between two decks. It's either probably going to be a Talker Red or Absent Aggro. Yeah, both both solid choices. All right, so you guys are going to see at least one of those. I think they can guarantee that at this point. So, are you going to be on Dark Atarka or just like normal Atarka Red? Uh, pro. I would probably try Dark Atarka. I think uh, it's. I guess it's a new. New place to play, so I'll probably try Dr. Tarka and see where that goes. Frickin' power gamer. Ruining everyone else's fun. Red deck wins. <laughs> so, I'm going to be playing my thing in the ice deck. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you probably know a fair bit about that already. I, I talk about it frequently. Alright, that'll, that'll be that'll be decent. You know, it's another one of those reddish wind decks, and it's got a little bit of interaction. If you guys are going to bring a brew, what will you guys bring? Like if there wasn't a, if there wasn't a lot of like Ooh. prizes on the line, what kind of brew would you bring? My thing in the ice brew for sure. Oh, so so that, playing. That's a tough question from my side because you know I do a lot of brewing and I've got some decks right now that are really out there because I'm doing a bunch of testing right now. We're signing up for our uh, UOL season three, and that's when I'm going to do the most frontier playing is when I get to play online. So, ah, oh, you know it's hard to say. I, I don't know if I could pin down one deck right now. I certainly haven't pinned one down for my league, so. Maybe I just bring what I am currently winning on with his bin, Bant, God Pharaoh's Gift. I think I'd probably try Martyr Dragons. 
Ooh. Cool. That sounds way more fun than Dark Atarka. <laughs> you never know. I guess five, I can still bring it. There's still a week left. <laughs> I think Marty Dragon's with Glory Bringer seems really fun, too. Ooh, well, if you want any help brewing it, you know, just shout out to us and we'll throw you some ideas. Sure. I think Draconic Roar is so good, especially if you have so far Grandmaster, because you deal, you gain so much life off of it. Ah, so that's what the white is for? Yeah. So I'm curious why you think, or why, why do you think we haven't seen more Mardu Dragons, or we haven't seen it take a top slot in Toronto? I think it's just a little bit too slow at the moment, but I think it's still, it still can be a very good deck. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good deck, no... For sure, it's a, it's an aggressive deck that goes a lot goes bigger, which I think is fine in fine in Frontier. Yeah, I think I'd like to see more people running Seeker of the Way in that deck. You think over something like Glorybound Initiate or the uh, he was just talking about Soulfire Grandmaster? I think you can have Soulfire Grandmaster as like a two of, but I don't think you you want like a ton of them, right? I think Seeker of the Way is just like a really good early consistent threat, and it, it basically puts. You have to they aggrodex have to deal with it and is usually a little more I found it more consistent in terms of gaining life than your standard uh Soulfire Grandmaster. I find Soulfire Grandmaster even versus the Aggrodex just gets lightning striked immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's true. I don't I don't know if there's room in the Martyr Dragons because you're gonna be filling up with like hanging your backwalker and walking ballista as your two drops already. And then you add Soulfire Grandmaster. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Seeker of the Way in that deck than at least Hangerback Walker. Hangerback Walker is so good, though, because if they kill it and get a bunch of Thopters, you can just straight up kill them with Coligan. They'd haste Coligan. Oh, I guess that's true. But, like, are you playing both Coligan and Glorybringer? It feels like a lot of five drops. Yeah, my list has two Coligan and three Glorybringer. Maybe it's too much five drops, but mm. I don't know. That seems like a lot, way too much five drops. I feel like you could be on, like, two of them and be okay, like, you know? Maybe, like, two and two. Even two and two seems, like, really heavy for Frontier. Yeah, I mean, I remember the standard used to run a full four Colagon, even though it was legendary, because it tended to end the game when it landed, but that is still pretty expensive. I think I'd rather just be on Glorybringer. Hmm. So maybe... I'd run any Colagon. Do you even want the black, then? Could you go, like, Jeskai Dragons, get uh, maybe one of the Ojutai in there? I think you lose too much... Uh, if you give up black, you lose Colligan's command and, and lessens disintegration. Yeah, fatal push, uh, hand disruption for when you need it. Black is just so strong in Frontier. Benny, it's been a big. It's been a lot of fun having you on the show here. Like, I think that you've got a good insight on what the Toronto meta is going to look like, and we couldn't be more excited that you're running some Frontier for us. So, why don't you take one more minute, give a shout out to anyone you want to? You know, just sell your game store as much as you like, because uh, we're happy to support you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Just hope uh, get a good turnout uh, this uh, next week, and hopefully uh, we'll have more of these events in the future. And uh, if you, any of you guys want to have more frequent frontier events, definitely let me or the store know, and we'll be happy to do that. Uh, looking forward to seeing who wins the one k. And that's November eighteenth at noon at ANC Games. Yep, uh, twenty five dollar entry, first place. First and second place get $250 store credit. All right. Great to hear it. So that's kind of wrapping us up for this week. If you guys heard kind of near the beginning there, Sky backed out, but we, or he uh, he left to go and play his match. But we're going to see him soon. We're going to have him on the stream and see what he's been brewing and thinking about while he's been away from us in Frontier. Um, just some, uh, some housework here. We want to mention that we've been streaming weekly matches on Tuesday afternoons at 6.30 Eastern Time. And we're going to be uh, recording all of the top eight of the UOL League if you want to watch any of those. 
Um, we've already mentioned it, but November 18th, noon, 1K in prizing. Absolutely, we want to see everyone there. And uh, also, if you're looking to play some Frontier Online, the UOL Ixalan Season 2 signups are starting now. And I believe the deadline on that is a week from next Wednesday. Uh, so it'll be a week from the Wednesday after when this podcast drops. Why don't I give the actual date of that? That'll be the, uh, is that the 15th? The 15th, yeah. Okay, the 15th. Um, so other than that, we'll be, uh, we'll have another, we'll have another cast for you next week. It'll be, uh, we're not sure what we're going to talk about yet, but if you've got any ideas, shout out to us. Otherwise we'll definitely be talking a little bit more about that upcoming, upcoming season and about what we might be thinking about for the 1k still. Other than that, feel free to contact us. We're at MTG Frontier, MTG underscore Frontier at Instagram, reddit.com slash r slash MTG Final Frontier, and we also have a Discord that you can find on any of those locations. So one last reminder to you guys, ANC Games Toronto, that, that's the biggest thing coming up. We want to hear every Frontier player in anywhere near the area there. Uh, I'm going to certainly try and make one of these. I'm not going to be there for that one, but we'll, we'll let you know when that happens. Guys, you want to say anything more before we uh, end for the day? Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for joining us, Benny. Yeah, thanks for having uh, me. Uh, anytime. Uh, this is Matt signing out. All right, yeah. Anytime you want to join us, Benny, we're happy to have some people on the show. But as always, for everyone out there, we look forward to being your go-to source for Frontier information online. Your Final Frontier, signing off. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do.